2: Hello, everyone! This is the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast, where three dads get together to chat casually about games. Every Thursday, like today, we break down the news stories that we found most interesting over the last seven days. Please rate our show five stars, leave a written review, and come visit our Patreon page. We rely on listener support, so if you like what we do here, you can help sponsor the show, starting at five bucks a month, which will give you access to our Squadcast bonus episodes. I am your host, Paul, and joining me here, he's currently waiting out a queue of over 40,000 people to get into one of his new favorite games. It's Josh. Uh, <laughs> 39,997 now, Paul. And when you get to zero, it's just going to
1: restart and go it's right the back. Cu- that's, it's that's the queue to get into the queue. That's what they don't tell
2: you. <laughs> yes. Like the line in Disneyland outside Peter Pan, and you think you're near the front, and then it's just, you know, the new wait on the inside. Yeah. Oh, boy. And joining us, you can find him on the streets of Night City. And the good news is that when he finishes all his work, he's going to have a whole new installment within the next couple years to keep him busy. It's Michael.
0: Oh, Night City always changes. But the one thing that's consistent is I am <laughs> always there. So, yeah, Um, looking forward to the sequel, although I feel like there's like six games in this one game. It's all I've been playing lately, and it's been insane. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll get there. I was watching, by the way, the... Uh, all the stuff in discord about overwatch and i'm like the first couple of days i was so jazzed and excited to play and then i'm like i'm just gonna wait until people say the cues are smaller because it's been nutty there's no uh, cues anymore. it's fine now yeah, yeah. it's
1: it, the first like three days was pretty rough
2: <laughs> i don't i don't know what to believe anymore <laughs> yeah, it's 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 normalized uh, at least by now. But yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. You know, right now we are playing Cyberpunk. We're gonna have a deep dive for that available on Monday, and that kind of serves really well because we got so much news this week at a CD Project Red. This was quite the announcement. They announced that they are working on not one, not two, but three Witcher games a Cyberpunk 2077 sequel and a brand new IP. They also said that almost everything moving forward is going to have some kind of multiplayer element to it as well. Guys, that's quite the announcement. CD Projekt Red is not dead, apparently.
1: (laughs) Uh, Man, I mean, you know, they caught a ton of flack after the release of Cyberpunk, rightfully so. Uh, We have all been playing through Cyberpunk again two years after its release uh, to see if the game is, you know, what it was initially. Yeah, if it was, you know, is this the game that was initially promised? Is it playable? Is now the time to dive in? We're going to have all that for you guys on Monday. But man, CD Projekt Red kind of turtled up a little bit after the Cyberpunk release. Like There was Mm -hmm. not much talk. They were trying to do damage control. Um, I feel like Thronebreaker came out after the Cyberpunk release, if I remember right. Thronebreaker was great. Um, And then that was kind of it. And then all of a sudden, here they are. They're kind of like poking their head out. And they're going, is it, is it safe, guys? Is it, is it safe for us to come out and develop some more games now?
2: The groundhog is popping it, up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: is an arrow going to whiz by my head? Or are people going to be like, yeah, give us some more of them games, man?
0: Yeah. I, I feel like yeah, the groundhog reference, if they saw their shadow, they didn't see their own shadow. They saw the shadow of the developer of Assassin's Creed that we talked about a month ago and said, can we announce more games at the same time (laughs) than the Assassin's Creed franchise did? Because it's like, you know, we had like five or six games there. Man, they really threw a lot of stuff at us here. And all of it sounds exciting, but at the same time, a lot of it is very high level. Like, we don't know a lot of details yet, which is it could get really interesting.
2: Yeah, I almost feel like in some ways it's almost like a decade of content. Right. But they're working on all these things simultaneously. So, you know, just to give a very quick rundown here of what we're looking at, CD Projekt Red has given these games code names. And so we have a cyberpunk sequel, which is being called Orion. And they say it will take the cyberpunk franchise further and will continue to harness the potential of this dark future universe. We have the next Witcher game, which is being codenamed Polaris. That'll be the first game of a brand new trilogy. We've got a whole different Witcher spinoff game called Canis Majoris, which is going to be developed by an external studio. And we don't even know who that'll be. So I feel like that's very early in the works. We also have the third Witcher game, which is codenamed Sirius. We know that that one's being developed by the Molasses Flood, which is a Boston-based CD Projekt Red studio. We know a lot of people are moving over from Poland to Boston. And we've got this brand new IP that's completely distinct from The Witcher and Cyberpunk universes created completely from scratch. We have no other info yet, although they did say that they are just now working on the foundations of what that game is going to be. So really, we know nothing about that yet. So out of all those projects, like, do you guys have any that you're most excited about? Um, I, I mean, I'd love to dive
1: back into The Witcher universe. If there's one thing that CD Projekt Red does great, it is world building. I, I yeah. mean, when you play The Witcher... You live the world of The Witcher. I mean, all of the faction struggles, the the poverty, like how the elves are outcast and 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 just kind of downtrodden and stuff like that. Cyberpunk Night City is phenomenal, man. Like the the world that they built for Cyberpunk is is alive. I mean, you really feel like this is a, a place that's out there. So. I get very excited when I think about a new IP because to me that says, hey, they're going to build something new and it's probably going to be phenomenal. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of ready to dive back into The Witcher, to be honest. Like I think the Cyberpunk sequel, if that's what we're going to call it, is probably going to be great, but it's been so long since I've played The Witcher that I really want to get back into that like fantasy setting.
2: Witcher 3 was 2015. I think so. It's already been seven years. It's, it's been a while. Right. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. keep
1: touting that they're going to do, the, and it's they keep saying it's going to release this year, but the big upgrade to the Witcher 3 with like the 4K textures and resolutions, and like, you know, they've been working on this for a while now and they've delayed it multiple times. They keep promising that that's coming out this year. And I mean, The Witcher is already a gorgeous game. So if they, you know, if they put this in 4K with ray tracing and all the fancy stuff, I might dive back into that. But then I know I'm going to play it for eight hours and then just fizzle out. That's going to be more just like, (laughs) oh, look at the pretty graphics, you know. Right, it's plus the first eight hours of The
0: Witcher are also notoriously difficult um, to get through, so it'd be like, yeah, yeah exactly. I don't want to commit to this or not, but yeah, you hit a good point, though, about the worlds they create. Um, CD Projekt Red, like, the, the world is almost like an extra character in the games, like, it really does, it, like, uh, without actually having a narrative and dialogue, it actually guides a lot of how you feel, and how you feel guides your decisions, so... I am really excited about the new IP. Um, I am really excited about the Witcher games. I loved The Witcher. Again, I've only played The Witcher three. I tried to go back and play The Witcher one, but it, it's even the remaster hey, is still pretty dated. You're not missing anything. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm just not sure what to do with this many Witcher properties. You know, do I want to just see what's next with Geralt of Rivia? Are they even going to continue with him? Do I want to see what the spinoffs are? Uh, it could create this awesome universe. It also could be Witcher Overload, kind of what Star Wars and Marvel are doing right now. So let's just see how it goes. You know. So the new IP is what I'm most excited about, I think. Well, that and, and, uh, and more Night City. And Cyberpunk <laughs> and Witcher. Yeah, so all I got gotcha. you. Yeah. They're yeah. all, they're <laughs> all <laughs> exciting. And also <laughs> Cyberpunk, if you didn't... Yeah.
2: So when, when thinking about brand new IP from CD Projekt Red, so I think for the most part, when we think of CD Projekt Red, we're thinking of Cyberpunk and The Witcher. So we've got this futuristic sci-fi world. We've got this fantasy setting world. For a brand new IP do you have any guesses where they might go next or is there anything that you're kind of hoping that they do give me space man i want i
1: I (laughs) want space dude i want cd projects world building with their massive like i want to go out in outer space and Mm. either check out giant star destroyer capital ships and be on those or like planets or something like that
2: interesting what about you michael
0: I I thought of two things that'd be really cool. I think it'd be cool to have like a James Bond-esque spy thriller. That might be interesting just because of the fact that, you know, the world-building and so forth. But that's a little bit too basic, I think. So I was thinking, you know, they haven't put out a western game yet. And there was a really terrible movie that came out Probably in twenty oh, I don't know six. It was called Cowboys and Aliens. It had Harrison Ford oh. <laughs> and it had Daniel Craig, very brooding yeah. Daniel Craig. And I was like, man, what if they did a Western game with aliens? So it kind of goes with Josh just a little bit with space, but let's do do like you know where you can upgrade like guns and stuff with alien tech and Cowboys versus Aliens. I think that's what they're gonna do. I, I have a very good, <laughs>
2: a very good insider there. That's not true. That told me Cowboys <laughs> versus Aliens is coming. So Josh wants to go to space. Michael thinks maybe they'll bring things from space to us. Uh, When I was thinking of this, I would really love to see CD Projekt Red go full horror because they oh. already incorporate really horrific quests yeah. and elements in their worlds. Like the Witcher is a pretty dark universe. Night City has some really dark elements, like the seedy underbelly of the world and all that. I would be very curious, although I do wonder if they would go too dark like that. That would be the one concern They almost might do it too well where it would almost feel oppressive trying to play a game that's just all, you know, jump scares and horror and things like that. Yeah. There is a way that we
0: can combine all three. We can make it so that a cowboy from eighteen eighty six is transported to the future (laughs) aboard a spaceship (laughs) and that brings in Josh's idea. And then it's like the world of alien in that spaceship, like it's just dark and gloomy and all xenomorphs and stuff. Then we got a horror game too. So we're all three right if they do it that way. That would be
2: quite the prediction if uh, things
0: turn out. Oh man, way. would it just market? I'm gonna
1: laugh really
0: hard when this comes yeah. out? Right. It's nothing like it's like
2: Candy Crush 3 they're producing. It's like what? oh boy. <laughs> oh the extended Candy Crush world. So I think CD Project Red having all these projects announced at once is really cool. But at the same time, when you look at the release of Cyberpunk and you see all the years of build-up and how that game more or less flopped in different ways, I think what you could really boil it all down to is that they just bit off more than they could chew. And so I am a little concerned that maybe they're working on too many things at once. Do you guys think that might be a concern, or do you just trust them? Now that it seems like Cyberpunk's more workable, have they kind of like earned your trust back?
0: Well, I think it's wise that they're partnering with other studios maybe to fill out some of the detailed elements like they can control the narrative they can control the story but some of the pieces that you know cyberpunk for instance didn't go well on upon launch was a lot of that you know the polish you know there was a lot of glitchy details that paul and i both remember in our first play through the blood that floated six inches above your hands things like that and i think that's things that the third party studios might be able to kind of polish for them while they're doing this but yeah i'm a little concerned
1: I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not too concerned to be. You know, I, I think that they've learned their lesson. I'm trying to be very optimistic here. But when you go through what they went through, uh, I don't think you make that risk again. You know, at that point, the CEO. There's been a recent article. We're not covering it this week, but the CEO is stepping down uh, for CD Project Red. So they're going to have some new leadership in there. There's articles coming out that's saying that Quantic. Dreams, I think, which is the the QA company that was supposed to test Cyberpunk was basically lying about the number of people that were testing the game. And so there's all these things that are kind of coming out saying, hey, this is why Cyberpunk was such a disaster on release. But CD Project Red, up until that point, made phenomenal video games and they know what they're doing. And so in that case, I think they're taking this learning experience and they're going to use that moving forward. So I'm not too worried about them over hyping games and then releasing them and having them be in a really bad
2: state. So, just a very minor correction: not to confuse Quantic Dream with Quantic Lab. Quantic Lab are the ones who really fumbled the quality assurance for Cyberpunk. Quantum Dream is the studio that did like Detroit: Become Human and Heavy Rain. And those
1: Quantic similar names, yeah, Yeah, Quantic something. I heard (laughs) Quantum
2: Leap, Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, so much news out of CD Projekt Red. I know that they are one of all three of our favorite developers, so lots to be excited about. Let's go ahead and take a short break, and we will be right back with more multiplayer gaming podcasts. Alright, boys. So Overwatch 2 arrived earlier this week. To the surprise of no one, it launched pretty horrifically. This happens whenever you have a major release, even more so when it's free to play. Personally, I didn't get that up in arms about it because this happens with every release. This should not surprise anyone. If there's a new multiplayer game coming out, just expect it to take a day or two to stabilize. But it was still pretty frustrating that for a couple days it was very hard to try to get into Overwatch 2.
1: It was no good, man. Uh, I was one of those people that tried to get in almost right away, uh, and then there was a 40,000-person queue. Sometimes the queue wouldn't update. It took hours to get through. Then people started saying, hey, switch your login server to Europe or Asia. The queues are a lot lower. Then what didn't make any sense is, like, one of my daughter's friends got through the Europe queue instantly. I was yeah. stuck in a queue of 2,000 people that took two hours to get
2: through. <laughs> wow. You know?
1: And, and so there was no rhyme or reason to all of these issues. They claimed that they were getting ddos I don't know if that's a DDoS or if it's just, hey, you've got 3 million people trying to log in and play your game. Probably going to look like a DDoS. <laughs> you know, at that point. Um, I, you know, we can say that at this point the, the issues have leveled out. You can hop, I just hopped in the Americas server earlier today with zero weight. So I think they're finally to the point where it's, it's playable like it should be.
0: Yeah, I, I. It's like Paul said. This happens with every single huge expected launch. You know, every game experienced this. Every game, and especially every Blizzard game. Every time there's an expansion for for World of Warcraft, there was always some issues and so forth. I kind of took the same approach. I just kind of watched, you know, what was happening with the news and said, okay, now I'll try to log in because I don't want to bang my head against my keyboard for this this weird issue of like like what Josh just said with like some people just like yeah, I fired it right up, I got in. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there for three hours wanting. to you know, hang myself with my
2: keyboard cable. So, yeah. Now, I know Josh and I have played a fair amount, although we have not played with each other. It's like we'll post in our personal uh, Discord channel with our friends who's going to play. And I feel like we've been on opposite nights. Um, Michael, I don't think you've had a chance to hop in quite yet, but... I, I've really been watching Reddit closely, and I know that Reddit tends to be cranky. All right, we all know that. No! <laughs>
1: but the curmudgeons on the, the internet.
2: <laughs> they are curmudgeons. The overall consensus, I think, is that the Reddit community would say the game feels far less rewarding in Overwatch 2 compared to 1. There's you know, a few features that have fallen off, and everything is now kind of built around the battle pass, which is not terribly exciting to level, But I was kind of curious, you know, what do you guys think now that Overwatch 2 has landed? Have any of your thoughts changed since we did the deep dive on the beta? Where where are you at?
1: I have been playing a pretty good bit. Um, I've probably at this point got 20 plus matches in maybe a little bit more than that. I think it is a trade-off. This is my thought on this. The gameplay is better. So the actual combat in Overwatch 2 is better than the combat in Overwatch 1. The maps are great. The modes are great. There's not a single level where I go, oh, man, I don't want to play this level. Like, <laughs> no but Paris. Remember when, yeah, I remember when we'd get Paris in like Horizon Lunar Colony, and we'd Lizard all just be World. like, yeah, we'd Aww. all groan and be like, uh. Yeah. So all of that's gone. So it's like, wow, this is great. The characters feel good. Like I said, no, the very little barriers, very little CC. The combat's crisp. It's tight. I really, really enjoy it. That said, they did take away some of the other enjoyable aspects of the game. You can no longer be on fire, which is really goofy to me because when you were on fire, it just kind of showed you, hey, you're doing well. And it was such a simple little thing. You didn't get any reward for being on fire. It was just like, hey, you're doing good. You haven't died in a while. Like, good job. It's a little attaboy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a little, it, little mental hype train, just keep it, going. That's gone. Your characters will still yeah. say something like they, they, they sure know do. they're on fire, but you <laughs> yeah. are not on fire anymore. <laughs> um, you know, there's some people that say they miss the card system at the end to kind of see some of the cards. My thinking is the scoreboard kind of takes over on that. I am a huge fan of the scoreboard. Still, um, I, I check it all the time. If I'm DPS, how am I doing? Am I am I high damage, high limbs? Am I sucking? If I'm the worst DPS out of all four of them then I got to pick it up or maybe I need to switch or something like that. You know, if I'm healing, am I the highest DPS? Because honestly, that's all I do when I heal is still DPS.
2: (laughs) (laughs) DPS Baptiste. Yeah, so
1: there are some trade-offs. The gameplay itself is better. Some of the peripheral stuff, I think,
2: is worse. So in regards to the player cards at the end of the match, I, I do really miss that. Myself Now, I know the scorecard does cover some stats. There are some things that the cards would feature that are not captured. So, for example, no one's going to know how many deaths you prevented with Baptiste's Immortality Field, or how many mechs you called as D.Va, or if you were on fire 90% of the match... Right. There's no MVP card. So it, it still tracks all those stats, but you don't get that joy of voting for the best player that match. I wonder if they'll bring it back. Cause it does seem like most people miss it. Even with the scoreboard. I, I think it's really cool to have.
0: I really appreciate it. Occasionally, like, You know, let's be honest, a lot of the cards are rubbish, you know, like, oh, damage blocked. It's like, well, that could be good or bad. I just stood there as a Ryan the whole time and held my shield up, you know, things like that. But it was really cool sometimes just to give that tip of the hat. Like, when you were playing against another player who was maybe just like a really good tank or a really good healer, and you're like, man, that Mercy just keeps picking people up. And it's like, hey, you know, I'm going to tip my hat to them. Like, it means nothing, but it's kind of fun to just have everyone there. Or you can just, you know, give the nod to someone on your team who did a really good job. Or, you know, it's also better because sometimes there's, you know, in the scoreboard, there's sometimes like, oh, most damage done. Well, okay, you got a soldier running off doing his own thing the whole time. you know, And it's like he didn't really help the team. And so you vote for the person who maybe had second most but was really helping the team. I liked that. And it added an element of fun, I think, outside of just like let's rate things by score. So I'm kind of with you on that, Paul. I really liked having the cards, um, Ooh, even though they, the, they're pointless. The
2: boop-offs. We used to do that oh, all right. the time the in our friend offs group. The were fun. Where I, I would insta-lock Lucio because it's like Ilios or something, and then someone else would pick yeah. Pharah, and we're like, oh, it's a boop-off, and then you get the <laughs> Roadhog, and we would just jokingly say, all right, whoever gets the card at the end for most environmental kills, you know, you're you're the winner. Um One thing that I didn't really consider about the Battle Pass, because I kind of said, well, the game's free, and if other people want to pay for the Battle Pass, that's fine, what do I care? The one thing that I kind of forgot, because I don't play games with Battle Passes, is that a lot of the challenges are kind of goofy and don't necessarily help the team win. So like, I was browsing through all of my challenges, whether it's daily, weekly, or seasonal, and you will see challenges like charge someone off as Reinhardt without you falling. And you know there's going to be someone who's on the last day of the week, and they're going (laughs) to pick Reinhardt, and they're going to be trying to charge people, and just things like non-stop. that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I know it would be really boring just to make every challenge play five games, play ten games, play twenty games. Like I know you can't just do that, but I don't like when they start making you use abilities which could be at the detriment of the game. I, I think that's a little goofy, but I, I don't think it'll be like a major issue. It's just one of those wrinkles with battle passes. I will say one of the changes that
1: they didn't talk about a whole lot, but I have found that I really enjoy is you, all player levels are gone, all player portraits are gone. And yeah. so when you start a match, you know nothing. Everybody that's just people that you're playing with, you don't look at that one guy and go, oh, well, he's a diamond border. This guy's been playing forever. Oh, no, we've got a level 12 on our team. That guy's going to suck. So. It's just a character portrait, and that's it. There's nothing that defines how much somebody has played the game or how little somebody has played the game, and I actually like that because I, you yeah. don't you don't start a match going, "Well, this team sucks. Oh, we've got this newbie over there, or this guy better be really good because he's played four thousand hours, and then that guy's garbage because he's just not very good, you know." Which is fine, but it's like you you don't have those expectations going in. And it's such a minor change, but I find that I actually really enjoy that. And I, it's just because it's like, I feel like we're all on an even level until the first fight we get wrecked. And then it's like, okay, this team sucks. But <laughs> it
0: seems like that that is a positive because there is an unconscious or even sometimes a conscious bias that goes into that. You know, if you go in... You know, and I'm not just speaking to, like, trolling overall and the the nasty players that we see these days in multiplayer games. You know, like, the second you see someone that's got, like, 9,000 hours in the game and they're just not that good, maybe they're just having a bad day, somebody on the team's going to be like, oh, I thought you were so good, you stupid, blah, blah, blah. And they start mouthing off and being angry, and they're like, the first thing they do is call it out. I got a buddy named Carl who's, he has so many hours in Overwatch, it's the most, every time I'm in a match with him, people are like, holy cow, like, dude, do you work? <laughs> or do you sleep? Like, literally. And then if he doesn't do a good job, people are like, uh, and he doesn't like show off or anything, but he's a target. And the same thing with new players. You know, when I log in and play and I haven't played for a couple of seasons, I just want to play with my friends. And they're like, oh, blah, blah. you know, you just don't play that much. Come on. I hope you're good. It's like, no, I'm just going <laughs> to have fun. You know, you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. you know, it removes that bias of like, we're all on a team now. We're not individuals, we're on a team trying to accomplish this goal. And I think that, Josh, exactly what you said helps that so much.
2: I forget exactly what level I got up to in Overwatch 1, but if I ever had a bad game, you would have, and that was a pretty good impersonation of your average Overwatch player, Michael, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I would often get hit with things like, oh, imagine being level f- 1,500 and sucking this bad, and you, you, right, <laughs> you yeah. get still, comments Still like a noob, that. yeah. yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say about Overwatch 2 is that the community is a little salty about legendary skins, so there's like a bunch of posts on Reddit that did make me laugh where they will put a common skin and the new legendary skin and say, which one do you think costs $20 or requires 32 weeks of grinding challenges to get? And it's like, they don't even look that good. Some of the common skins look better. So right. the skins right now, people are a little upset about that also.
1: Yeah, the, you know, that you get the new characters at level fifty-five uh in the free battle pass. I have been playing a decent bit. I mean, not a lot. I didn't get to play a lot during the first couple days. I think I'm level ten. You know, yeah. and it's like I that's a I'm still a long way away from being able and you have to get to that level before you can unlock the character. And I think a season is nine weeks, they said Nine weeks, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like it would take me a solid four weeks of just normal play time, not grinding, you know, hopping in daily for a few matches kind of thing. To get to that point, I'm not a fan of that, to be honest. Like, as much as I want to be cheap with this game and not spend a lot of money, I feel like I'd almost be obligated to just pay $10 to skip that, which really bugs me because it's like you're forcing me into this and I don't like that. Yeah, you you know what I'm doing. Well, I'm, bu- and, I'm and, buying the skins.
2: But now it's a $60 a year yeah, game. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and so it's yeah. like,
1: I get it. But darn them for being smart because it's right. like well it's only level fifty five and then I kind of go oh yeah that's not that bad but now that I've been playing I'm kind of like dude that's that's a long time man well uh, I don't know man
0: we got to reward those devs these mythic skins take an entire year to create I, you,
1: you know something takes a year you really need to just <laughs> throw that person right tip, right right <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> So, last story of the week. I feel like we can't end this episode without talking about the Super Mario Brothers official teaser trailer. It did drop this week. It's like a two minute trailer. I we have not talked about this at all. What did you guys think about this?
1: I thought it looked great. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and all you salty people out there, and maybe one of you two is the salty person. So, so that's I'm gonna laugh at you. But all these people are saying it's just Chris Pratt's voice. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Like I'm, so, the internet gets so upset over dumb things, man. But I am not one for a video game movie. I don't generally get excited about them. But I thought they did a really good job on the trailer. Like my interest is piqued. My Im-
0: immediate reaction was, it's animated. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm not a big fan of animated movies. Not that I'm looking forward to the colossal disaster that was 1993 Super Mario Brothers. By no means. <laughs> and then I watched the trailer and I was like. This looks pretty funny. It looks it yeah. looks pretty good. Like the part with the the whole the whole trailer is basically Bowser who breathes fire going up to this ice castle with these little penguins, and you kind of see the writings on the wall. And it, but it's so funny the the these little ice penguins are so overly confident. They're like ah, watch out, we got more. of That came from and Bowser's just like dragon breath. It's 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 pretty clever. And then you know the 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 rest of the trailer is really just Mario kind of like what is this Toads to a world and. I don't know, man. It might be a breath of fresh air. At first, I was very against it. Like, I'm like, why are we even covering this? To be honest with you, I was like, Paul, can we cover something else? I didn't tell him that. And then it was like, I watched it, and I kind of want to watch. It's adorable so (laughs) far. It looks funny.
2: (laughs) Well, and you know this is going to be a new staple moving forward. We're going to get a good four or five Nintendo movies a year, I'm sure, moving forward. We're going to have the whole extended universe. I loved all the Bowser stuff. The Bowser stuff could not be better. Jack Black's voice acting is great. I love the fact that Bowser is not like some big oaf the way he is sometimes in the Nintendo games. Like You gotta run in a circle and you swing him by his tail. That's fun in Mario 64, but it does make him seem a little goofy. I love the fact that he's almost like Godzilla, where he's breathing the fire and he's a real menace. And of course, the Penguin King saying that's but a taste of our fury throwing snowballs that just fall off Bowser is great. I will say, I don't know why they felt the need to tinker with Mario's face. Why not just use the OG face for Mario? They altered him. He looks a little more like Chris Pratt, a little more human. I feel like they could have just kept the same model from before. I don't know why they changed it.
1: I saw, like, this is the thing. I like I, maybe I just don't care. Maybe I don't notice enough. Like I saw a thing. Some guy posted it on Reddit where he like took Mario and then he fixed him, and it, it was kind of yeah. like a sliding thing. I saw thing that where too. It was like, did you
2: see? Yeah. And I'm it like, looks way better fixed. I'm
1: like, uh, like does it? Like does yeah, it I matter? So. I don't know, man. It just doesn't. I, I I could care less. I mean, I'm looking at it and I kind of go, yeah, I guess that one's a little bit better. Like his mustache is more like Mario's mustache or whatever. Yeah. But then I'm like, the eyes. Do the people eyes are a little really weird. get upset about these minor things. I remember when sonic came out and they f- they unveiled what son and everybody got up in arms sonic looks terrible and i'm like it's a blue hedgehog like, like right who cares
0: although sonic did look absolutely he weird, did look though. terrible okay yeah. i mean i do i bad. do agree yeah and then they fixed I,
1: him and it looked better and it's kind of I, I just mario don't see with fine. mario I he looks fine
0: <laughs> he looks he looks adorable and let's like you know what here's my thoughts it's like it's like the original mario was eight bit at best anyways and so maybe this is just a new modern translation of what Mario was actually supposed to look like. You know, if you go back <laughs> sure. to <the> bit, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I really can't wait till we get to hear more. Like you hear Charlie Day kind of like yell as Luigi, but there's no voice lines. You get to hear a little bit of Kegel Mike kegel keegan (laughs) michael key whoa that's a woo Uh, don't google it (laughs) yeah and release and so yeah we, we didn't get to hear a whole lot from him but as toadstool it did still make me laugh i'm very curious to see more when this comes out i'm sure it'll be a delightful movie i have no doubt we'll take our family to go see it i hope it's good and quality and i think it probably will be and I think we'll have lots of Mario Brothers movies to talk about moving forward.
1: I'm optimistic for sure. And like I said, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by the trailer. I, again, two minutes worth. Very set up for what they wanted us to see. But I, li- I liked what I saw.
2: Yeah, not too shabby. And it's got quite the cast. Like It's Great just cast. an all-star yeah. lineup. Great There's cast. like 12 names that you would recognize looking at it. All right. Well, I think that's all the news that we were going to cover here for this week. So thank you to everyone out there for listening. Please come follow us on social media, on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at MultiplayerPod. There is a link in the episode description for our free Discord server. We'd love to have you guys on there as well. We always kind of talk and link about news stories during the week. And I think that's all that we have to cover. So make sure to come back on Saturday for the Quick Take episode. We'll be back on Monday for Cyberpunk. I have a feeling that's going to be like a two-hour episode. I, I, I'm going to try to Watch make out. sure it's not that long, but just by nature, it's going to be a long one.
1: I, yeah. I don't know if that's enticing people or scaring people. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> it's going to be a good one. That I know. It's going to be a two-part episode. It'll have a long spoiler section, I think. for that's when give the, the The warning. Yeah. All right. So that's it, everyone. Thanks so much. We will see you all next time. And until then, happy gaming. I'm going to miss you rascally newsy listeners until next time. Cheers all.
1: All right. See everybody.